0: You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show, we talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey,
1: get your popcorn ready.
0: NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app.
2: Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to preview all the marquee matchups coming up this weekend. We'll take you around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, and provide your fantasy fix. And
1: Brian, let's kick off the podcast today with Russell Baxter of SpinZone.com.
2: Russ, always a pleasure. Happy holidays. You have spent many years working in sports media, so I wanted to start this conversation by gathering your thoughts on the passing of a legendary broadcaster, Dick Emberg, who called so many iconic NFL games.
3: Yeah, and, and and you will recall, Brian uh, also had some enormous shoes to fill. Uh, I, I grew up, and to this day, still my besides you, um, my my favorite NFL announcer was Kirk Gowdy, who did so many big games for NBC, both baseball and football. Um, and uh, I believe his last telecast. Uh, was a Super Bowl, and Dick Enberg, in essence, was going to replace him, then teamed with Merlin Olsen. You've got Cordell here, so Cordell knows where I'm going. Uh, I can remember a Steelers-Bengals game in which Cordell caught a 70-yard touchdown pass. Yep. Uh, and it was uh, Dick Enberg, Paul McGuire, and Phil Sims in the booth, and the three of them always had so much fun together. Uh, so it kind of reminds me. But what an what iconic... Uh, You know, from what I understand, a a great gentleman, someone who loved what he did, uh, did a lot of work, obviously, uh, outside NBC, CBS, uh, ESPN, uh, true broadcasting treasure.
1: A voice there for sure was was heard and will forever be remembered um, based on the sounds and the things he said in certain moments and big moments in games, especially that one that you talked about, which was a 70-yard touchdown I got against the Cincinnati Bengals. But speaking of, of big and, and, and being heard throughout the National Football League, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the postseason, best defense in the National Football League, and Blake Bortles, Russell, has not thrown an interception in the last three games, put up seven touchdowns. Give me your take on this team being the one to make the most noise in the postseason?
3: Uh, one, growing with confidence. And, you know, it, a lot of people have gotten so focused on the, the Patriots and the Steelers and the AFC. Uh, you know, I was talking with several people this week and uh, what a physical game that was between Pittsburgh and New England and how physical I thought Pittsburgh was against New England. And then I turn around and I see how Jacksonville's been all year. And, you know, I, I'll draw a correlation here from what has happened with the Jaguars who have gone from a three-win team to a 10-win team, with still two weeks to go. Uh, you guys will recall in 2008 when the Miami Dolphins were coming off a one in 15 season, uh, they hired Tony Sperano to be their new head coach. Uh, but the person they brought in was Bill Parcells to run the front office um, in Jacksonville last year, uh, you know, we, we saw the end of Gus Bradley and Doug Marone became the interim, and then they brought him aboard. Um, but they also brought back Tom Coughlin as vice president of football operations this time in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I see this team, um, the Jaguars, with Marone and Coughlin as the 2017 version of Sperano and Parcells.
2: Love the historical perspective, always offered by our friend, Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, I'm based in Southern California where Ram fever is palpable. They destroyed the Seahawks in Seattle on Sunday. Todd Gurley, I think, belongs in the extended MVP conversation. If they beat the Titans, they're clinching the division. What do you think the playoff outlook for the Rams is when they get into the postseason?
3: Well, they're, they're incredibly balanced. Uh, you know, we, we've seen very few teams... Uh, this year Um, be able to obviously put up the points that they do their defense at times has been a little vulnerable Um, but they have the firepower to win those low scoring games and high scoring games and that you look around the the league at the top teams in fact the teams that are already in the playoffs they can do so many different things and Philadelphia is a great example last week down 20 to 7 With the backup quarterback, they come back and rally behind Nick Foles. But how did they really rally, Brian? They blocked the PAT, they blocked the punt, and they blocked the field goal. Um, You know, we saw the Rams this year play at Jacksonville, in which their offense wasn't great, but they got great contributions from their special teams. Again, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Rams, and the Eagles, all doing it various different ways. It's just remarkable the offensive turnaround for the Rams uh, with Sean McVay, with, with uh, Jared Goff, and of course, Todd Gurley, um, who, you know, runner, receiver, take your pick. You know, he's he's their latest version of Marshall Falk, I guess.
1: Russell, how big of an impact will Ezekiel Elliott be, um, being that he's been suspended for six games in these next two games that he have left to try to figure out if they can get into the postseason?
3: I, I think I'll be curious to see. This is strange, Cordell. Um, when Last year, uh, watching Ezekiel Ali, especially in the fourth quarter, was huge because he was the guy who helped control the clock and wear things down. I'll be watching him in the fourth quarter tomorrow for a different reason. Is he, you know, ready for these last two games? Like you said, he's missed six games. Um, you know, so I'll be curious to see. I, some people, I guess, will say fresh legs. But even though the Seahawks aren't the Legion of Boom as we know them, they're still a pretty physical football team. So I'll be curious how this how this goes. It's it's you know we have two teams, Dallas and Seattle, that won divisions last year. You know Seattle's lost more games than they did last year. Dallas has lost twice as many games as they did last year. Obviously a battle for survival um, between these two teams. But that's why I'll be looking for Ezekiel Elliott. How is he in the fourth quarter? Is he the guy who can close the door, um, or is he not ready to do that quite yet?
2: Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Russ, I've had doubts about Case Keenum, and I've been wrong just about every step of the way other than the game on the road in our nation's capital and a couple weeks ago when he had the three costly turnovers and lost to Carolina. But given how much talent the Vikings have on both sides of the football, how good does Keenum truly need to be in the postseason?
3: No, he's been a perfect complementary piece. For I'll tell you the thing that's impressed me the most about the Vikings. Last year... Um, the, as a team, Brian, they ran for 1,205 yards, uh, which was topped by seven individual players. Uh, and listen, Adrian Peterson was hurt, um, other reasons as well. That was a big reason they went from 5-0 and 0 to 8-8 eight eight real, real quickly. This year, they start out with Dalvin Cook, um, who looked like a er- very, very, very early rookie of the year candidate. He goes down. But because of the work they put in the offensive line, credit Rick Spielman, uh, you know, basically redoing the entire unit, Jarek McKinnon, um, incumbent, they brought in Latavius Murray. Their ability to run the football is a big reason they're able to do the things they can do throwing the football as well. And that's not a knock on Case Keenum. Um, Balance is essential and keeping that defense off the field. So he's done an excellent job. And, and, Listen, you even go back to the the games they lost, there was always some sort of mitigating circumstances to it. Uh, but, you know, when they lost to Carolina, it's funny, they lost to Carolina a few weeks ago, Brian. I was in, as impressed with them in a losing effort than I have been in some of, the, some of their other efforts and so on. That's a tough road game against a good defense, and they managed to put up 24 points on the board.
1: Speaking of impressed, Jimmy Garoppolo leaves New England to go to San Francisco, and ever since he stepped on the football field, the team's been winning. What's your take?
3: Um, I think he's done a terrific job, but guess who else has stepped on the football field in those three games, Cordell? That would be Robbie Gold. Um, And I know that's not the knock. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's put up terrific numbers. They've won three games in a row. Their offense has scored three touchdowns in those three games, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Gold has kicked 15 field goals the last three weeks. Okay, so and if he gets a cramp, they're in trouble.
2: Russ <laughs> well, reminding us that kickers well, now, are people, to Chicago.
3: too. Gold was 5-for-5. Five five. I remember they that. I remember Houston. that. Yep. He was, they four for four Last week, they got a touchdown, and Robbie Gold kicked six field goals. So 5-for-6. Yeah. I don't know what the area code for that is, but... Um, <laughs> What Jimmy Garoppolo has come in and done and been extremely accurate. So you're not seeing the dropped passes. I mean, he's thrown a couple of picks over this week. But how's this for his, his completion percentage in just a brief time this year? Is just under 69 percent. Yep.
2: Russ, just to prove we're comprehensive, and I'm going to validate your view that kickers are important, what do you make of the tough news for the Rams? Greg Zerline's so good he's got his own moniker, Legatron. He's done for the year on IR, and now they're going to have a kicker coming out of Penn State who's never tried a game in a regular season NFL contest.
3: It's huge. It really is because for a while there, um, the biggest news, and I'm not exaggerating, Brian, because you know this team. The biggest news for this team, you know, within the last couple of years, other than last year, was their punter and their kicker. Yeah. Arguably, they're two best players for a while. I mean, right. now they have Aaron Donald. Now they have Todd Gurley. Okay, but you remember all the remember all the trick plays they it pulled with the punter? Remember Greg Zerline launching from it – it is a big loss for them because it doesn't give them the luxury of a drive stalling being able to kick a 55 or a 58-yard field goal.
1: Wow. Kansas City Chiefs, give me your take on them. Do they find their way to make it work again like it once did? Uh, Tariq Hill has gotten involved. Kareem Hunt has gotten involved. Alex Smith looked like he's a little bit more revived. Is that the word you want to use? Uh, But give me your take on them. Are they going to be like a a one-and-done type team when they get to the postseason?
3: Well, I don't know about that. But, but see, my biggest problem with the Kansas City Chiefs this year has been less about offense and more about their defense. I'm going to give you a number that may blow you away a little. Um, last, If you go back to 2015, they had 29 takeaways. Last year, they had 33 takeaways. They led the NFL. Guys, this year, they have 21 takeaways in 14 games. That's not a bad total. Cordell, they have 19 takeaways and eight wins. They have two takeaways in their six losses. Wow.
2: There it is. Numbers
3: never lie. So Russell if Baxter. If that, in other words, and then you look at their defensive ranks, which is all bottom five of the league in terms of yards given up. If they're not able to take away the football, they're in trouble. Last week, they picked off Bill Rivers three times. They they had four takeaways last week. Uh, I remember when they beat Denver on a Monday night, they had five. But if they don't take away the football, they're in a lot of trouble.
2: No question. Rivers was very generous last week at Hourhead, Going to try to rectify that when the Chargers head to the Meadowlands to take on the Jets on Sunday. Taking around the league with our pal Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, last one for me. If you had an MVP ballot, how would you fill it out? Looks like Tom Brady's going to win the award in part because of injuries for other contenders like Carson Wentz. But give me Casey Kasem style. We'll keep our feet on the ground. We'll be reaching for those stars. Three, two, one on your ballot.
3: I think 3-2-1 on my ballot would be uh, Carson Wentz at 3, Todd Gurley at 2, and Tom Brady at 1. Hmm. I still Why think Carson Wentz deserves major consideration. I know he's out for the year, but he can't deny what he's done. Todd Gurley's been the balance machine. And Tom Brady, who's, who has struggled a little the last couple of weeks in terms of touchdown to interception, um, but he just makes too many many key plays. So, um, the law firm of, of Wentz, Gurley, and Brady.
2: What about and Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, Russ? you got to yes. consider Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. He's been the leading rusher for this team.
3: Yeah, and and that's exactly why they're 8-6 and six right now, too, Brian. Okay, but they're going <laughs> to so. beat Arizona
2: presumably at a minimum. They'll have a winning record of 9-7, and seven, and he's carried this football team. He's been a solo artist.
3: Well, uh, he has been a solo artist, Okay. But I think that's why they're in the hole that they are. There's no supporting cast, okay? So, you know, to me, there's a difference between Offensive Player of the Year and Most Valuable Player, okay? I mean, it almost goes back to the argument of could Aaron Rodgers be the MVP because he hasn't played? And you look at a team without him. If Without Russell Wilson, my goodness, I mean, they're a team that's in a lot of trouble, and here's the other thing to consider this year with the Seahawks. Much, much like the Chiefs, within the division, Seattle is 4-1. and one. Outside the division, they're 4-5 and five and have really gotten it handed to them a couple of times. I know the Rams loss was in the division. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve MVP candidates, but you asked me for top three. Um, you know, this would be, have to be like, a, uh, like the flip side of the 45, maybe f- fifth or sixth.
2: All uh, right, Russell, you just killed the show. This is a tech company. We are streaming around the world. Our young, hip demo does not know what you're talking about. Sadly, I do because I'm older than I sound.
3: Yeah, but if you, if, how could I kill the show? You brought, brought up Casey, Key, Casey Kasem.
2: <laughs> I did it just for you. This is the dance like oh. Fred and Ginger. Russ, great information as always. Happy holidays. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend.
3: And, and thank you for not singing, guys. Happy holidays.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this.
4: Hey guys, you're listening to Dumb People Town on TuneIn, and since we're new here, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about our show. We have dumb ears on the ground. Our fans send in stories that have happened, real stories that have happened. and along with our co-host, Dan we try
0: to break down that material with
4: Dan Van Dan Kirk. Dan Van Kirk, our co-host, breaks it down, and then us, and again, we and a guest break it all down, and we try and make it funny for you. It is a fast hour, and you will enjoy it. It's a riff, it gets
0: silly. You can hear episodes of our show a full week early right here on TuneIn. Listen to TuneIn on your time with TuneIn On Demand Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play and listen With or without a Wi-Fi connection Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre Save your data with TuneIn On Demand Download your favorites today Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: Next on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, we're joined by Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, happy holidays. How are you?
5: Happy holidays, gentlemen. I'm doing well. How about yourselves?
1: Doing great, Nick. We appreciate you. I made a statement about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and I somewhat believe this, because defensively, they arguably have the best defense in the National Football League on every level, Um, And also, you have an offense that's pretty good, but it's all about Blake Bortles. Uh, When he hasn't thrown an interception in eight games, his team is 8-0. Over the last three weeks, he's thrown seven touchdowns, no interceptions, and completing 71% of his passes. If he can continue to play the way he's playing, based on how this defense plays in this running game, do you see this team having a chance to be in the Super Bowl?
5: Absolutely. Um, It is why it's great to talk to you, Cordell, because – Uh, This formula that I'm about to mention, you are quite familiar with it, especially coming from Steeltown and and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, One thing that they've always done well, and they've run the ball well. And when you look at the fact of uh, Leonard Fournette and what he's been able to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I know he's been kind of banged up or whatever, but that couple with kind of a a resurgence, if you will, of Blake Bortles has definitely changed the tide in Jacksonville and has everyone – dancing to a different tune. I I remember uh, being on the program with you two guys earlier in the season, and it just seemed as though it was just defense and running the ball with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but when Blake Bortles, just, just like you just said, when he's not turning the ball over, it really gives his team an opportunity to win and beat anyone in the NFL. And I go back to the game against the Seattle Seahawks. That was a statement game for Blake Bortles and the organization. Yeah, I know we can say, well, The Legion of Boom wasn't what it used to be, but being able to match point for point with a guy like Russell Wilson, who's been to two Super Bowls, to me that's just said that maybe Blake has finally decided to block out all the white noise and really just focus on becoming a better quarterback. So the Jacksonville Jaguars have a massive defense that no one wants to face, and when you have several guys on your front seven, and your two starting corners, and Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye, both going to the Pro Bowl, that puts everyone on notice as far as the playoffs. And I know the Pittsburgh still has lost a heartbreaker last week, and the Patriots are still the team to beat. But I don't think anyone wants to face this Jacksonville Jaguars team if Blake Bortles continues to play the way that he's playing
2: chatting with nick ferguson the former nfl safety nick prior to carson wentz tearing his acl i had the philadelphia quarterback winning the mvp award that's not going to happen looks like tom brady's clearly now the front runner if you had a ballot and you could fill out three names and do it in reverse order we'll go three two one who are your top three mvp contenders and who's going to win the covenant award
5: well, starting from the bottom of the list, I know you know you guys may or may not uh, agree with this, but I'm going to start with Todd Gurley. I, I know you know there's a lot of conversation about Todd Gurley winning the award, probably outright, based on what we saw him do last week against Seattle and what he's been doing, and how much he means for Jared Goff, Sean McVay, and that Rams offense. But I, I still feel as though Antonio Brown is—I mean, you look at what MVP stands for; he personifies that and just how valuable he is. Just look last week. He went out of the game and made it so much easier for the Patriots' defense to defend what the Pittsburgh Steelers were trying to do. And not having him in the lineup definitely is going to change what the Steelers do with the offense in the last two weeks. So it's Todd Gurley, A.B., and then it's Tom Brady. And I know that seems like an obvious choice, but I'm going to go off the narrative that everyone's been talking about since the beginning of the season. He's a 40-year-old quarterback. It's never been a 40-year-old quarterback to go and win a Super Bowl. He could definitely be the first. And I know over the past couple of weeks he hasn't looked great in the last three games, but he's still a sensation of Tom Brady. He showed last week against the Steelers that he can lead the offense down the field in a critical time and still punch it in the end zone. He just makes the whole team believe that anything and everything is possible. And two, be you know, amassing the numbers that he has at this particular point. At the age of 40, even though I disagree with that, I mean, how can you not give it to Tom Brady? The only reason that someone can have an argument for not giving it to Tom Brady is for the fact of saying, well, he's won it before and he's won several Super Bowls. Other than that, I mean, there's no reason why Tom Brady should not be leading on everyone's list as far as being the MVP of the NFL. Puff,
1: puff, give. Give it to someone else that has a chance. Why not, heck? Uh, But if he (laughs) he gets it, he deserves it, Nick. You you know that. He's really been playing some consistent football, regardless if they lose or not. He's the reason why they've been good. But speaking of being good, the Atlanta Falcons, um, they've been so inconsistent this season. Last year, this was a team that only had 10 drops last year. Now they've doubled that with 25 to even 30. 30. Uh, this year, Matt Ryan in the last three games, he's been in the mid 50s when it comes down to completion, a portion of his game, and, and they've kind of been up and down. Uh, what kind of team is this Atlanta Falcons team as they move forward to try to beat the New Orleans Saints this weekend, um, as well as beating Carolina in the last game?
5: Everything starts with the quarterback position, Cordell, and f- for me, when I look at this Atlanta team, they've been consistent of being inconsistent. When you look at Matt Ryan's stats over the past, you know, four weeks. He only has three touchdowns, and that's going to be hard to do against uh, the New Orleans Saints, a team that they need to beat, because they need to beat the Saints, and they need to beat Carolina Panthers, two teams in a division all fighting for that first playoff spot in that division. And also, you know, looking at how Matt Ryan, to me, it seems as though he's kind of tapered, you know, as far as what he needs to do as far as execution standpoint inside the red zone, I really don't have a lot of belief in this team. And we, we talked about it at the very beginning of the season. Will there be any residual hangover with this team from the loss in the Super Bowl? And you ask anyone in the Falcons organization, they say no. But when you go out there and you can't put points on the board inside the red zone, and now you have to rely on your running back, Devontae Freeman, to really carry this team when when it was a pass first team to me, that says a lot. So we're going to find out a lot about Matt Ryan and who he is as a quarterback when they face, you know, a Saints team that now has a healthy Alvin Kamara because they escaped that last game. If Drew Brees doesn't throw the interception, then the Saints just run away with that division. Now they have the division outright. So I want to see what Matt Ryan's going to do in his second time against this Saints defense.
2: Taking around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, I'll take it back to Sunday when we're doing first and goal together. We watched the Giants jump out to a 20-7 to lead over the Eagles. Second quarter, Nick Foles was cool when he counted four touchdown passes and the comeback win. Given that Foles was once the MVP of the Pro Bowl, if the Eagles have home field advantage, how much are you buying Foles guiding Philadelphia to the Super
5: Bowl? You know, when we first saw that uh, when – Carson Wentz went, went down. You asked me the question before we ended off our show. Uh, how much faith did I have in Nick Foles? And I said at the time, didn't really have uh, too much faith in him. But, uh, you know, hey, that's a great thing about being in business. You can see things from a different side and different perspective. So I'm going to dance to a different tune. I mean, you just talked about Nick Foles and what he was able to do, being uh, that fact that he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He has the ability to do that. And the one thing I like is all the pressure – isn't on uh, a Nick Foles as though it was maybe on Dak Prescott when Ezekiel Haley was out. Now he has some weapons around him from an offensive standpoint that really helped him out in the game against the New York Giants. Now his defense somehow just fell apart, but if they can kind of come together and build up off this, you know, the fact that they gave up so many points against the New York Giants, they still have a chance. And they still are believing in Nick Foles because he was in Philly before. I mean, he put up stats in Philly. I believe he's, what, maybe 21 and 16 as a start in the NFL. So he has won some games on his belt. So now it's just everyone else getting on the Nick Foles train and helping him, help them get to where they need to, and that's in Minnesota for the Super Bowl.
1: Nick, do you see Ezekiel Elliott being able to have a good game against a Seattle defense, Seattle Seahawks defense, that got ran through by the Rams with Todd Gurley? knowing that he's been out for six weeks because of the suspension, but hearing the conversations about uh, basically he's he's been able to keep himself in shape, he's gotten much thinner, do you see him having a big game against
5: them? Yeah, I mean, you, you just mentioned the fact that the, the, the day that Todd Gurley, you know, had, it was just like, wow. You know, it was like a hot knife through butter, and I, I don't believe I've ever seen a, a running back run through a Seattle defense the way I saw Todd Gurley. And the biggest thing, and, you know, there was a lot of controversy this week, when Earl called out Bobby Wagner, and Bobby Wagner had to check himself and say, well, you know, maybe Earl was right. So with, you know, Wagner, who's kind of like the callous on that second level at the linebacker position, still nursing a hamstring injury, and the weather, you know, still may be a factor in that, it's going to be very difficult for Seattle to slow down Ezekiel. Elliott. I know the idea is that he's missed six games, yet he lost weight, but where is his condition and endurance going to be? To me, if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you want the ball. You want to prove everyone that said so many things about you in the time that you were off, you want to prove them wrong. And for me, that's a problem for Seattle because he has fresh legs. That's the other side. You're out six weeks, right? So your body's not taking that pounding that you were taking at the beginning of the season. So you're fresh. So if I'm Jason Garrett, I'm going to hand it to him. At at least 30 times, because we know a guy missing six games, it may take him a couple of carries to knock off the rust, but we know he's a grinder, he's a baller. I'm going to hand the ball to him, and I'm going to chew up the clock, and I'm going to knock out the Seattle Seahawks.
2: Nick, last one for me. According to reports, Jeff Fisher wants back in. He's looking for a new gig. A reminder, he's tied for the most coaching losses in the history of the NFL. Will he be coaching next year in the National Football League?
5: Well, there's a possibility he will, but it may not be at a head coaching position because just like you said, I mean, he doesn't have a great win-loss record, and teams now, they're desperate. They don't, have, they don't want to wait five, six years to kind of get to the playoffs and, and think about getting to the Super Bowl. Everyone is in a win-now mentality. So we could see both maybe Jeff Fisher and Marvin Lewis on someone on staff as maybe a consulting or a, defense, uh, a defensive coordinator because we know both men you know, have done a great job as far as being defensive coordinators, but as far as a head coach, I think that's, that ship has sailed.
2: Nick, as always, we appreciate the information. We must be in the holiday spirit because Cordell, I thought, was going to go after you with our devotion when it comes to the Jaguars. He beat me up <laughs> in the previous segment, but he was far kinder to you.
3: Well, well Nick, you know what? I, when, when he led with that, I was
5: waiting with bated breath. Like, okay, well, here we go. Let me take a deep <laughs> breath. Cordell's about to go on one of his uh, rants, but instead of Case Keenum, it's going to be about the Jags. But he did not do it, so he didn't play the Grinch today, but there's still time, time for Sunday for him to pull
1: it out. Well, here it is. This is the thing, Nick. All year long, you never bit on the bait because Jacksonville was playing good because last year you did make a statement of how good you think the team could have been. Brian, on the other hand, he chooses to say my team in the Jacksonville Jaguars when he knows he didn't even pick the Jaguars to win the division, let alone even say much about them. Because, you know, I would call on and you guys are showing first and goal and I would get on you both of you guys because I'm like, why aren't you guys talking about the Jaguars? Because they're about as hot as it can get. So that's why I did, Nick, because you honored what you didn't commit to this year. But that guy on the other side, that guy, my Jags. Oh, he drives me. I've been been talking
5: through for five years, Cornell. You're not always – you're there to for our conversations on First and Go every every Sunday on TuneIn, but we talk about the Jags, and it's just like when you call in and you want to go in on the Jags, there's no need for us to because their play speaks for itself. There's no need for us to gloat and, and thank vote. you, Nick. Well, we they, 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 you know what? I like all
1: that. I like all that stuff you're talking right there. But you both did not say one single word about the Jaguars. So now you are both sticking your chest out because the Jags are doing good. You both are. We don't have to. It. That's why we you guys are together for seven years. Last hours. year we picked them. Last year
2: we were ahead of the so curve. So you picked them
1: last year yeah. as opposed to you know picking them every year like you've done five years prior to last year or this year, right? We didn't say what, what right?
2: year. We said they were going to the playoffs. We didn't specify a year. Nick, get out of here. Go do something more hey, Nick, rewarding than picking the Cornell and Thank all
0: right. you, Nick. We'll see you Sunday. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. With more than 30 First Play podcasts on TuneIn, you can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows before they're available anywhere else. Hey there, it's Mike Rowe. This is The Way I Heard It, the only podcast for the curious mind with a short attention span. We're at episode number 83, Incredibly.
1: I'm Jack Hitt. And I'm Chinjirai Kumanyika.
0: This is Uncivil. Yeah. Where we ransack America's history. And discover that the past is never really past. You, From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City, and beaming out across all of space and time, this is StarTalk, where science and pop culture collide. Search First Play Podcasts and listen early, listen often, and listen today. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now it's time for the Fantasy Fix.
0: Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him up to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off! Intercepted! From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy, fantasy fix
2: Let's bring in one of the best in the industry. It's our pal Brittingham T from Roto Radar Brittingham. It's the fantasy Super Bowl, so I need you to be on point. Who are the top five running backs around the league this weekend?
4: Well, when we look at running back this week, uh, of course, if you've made it this far, uh, you know what you're looking for here. But uh, it's the usual suspects. We've got uh, Le'Veon Bell, I think, is my overall favorite of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's on the road. They don't have Antonio Brown. I think they continue to lean heavily on Le'Veon here, whether it's rushing or little checkoff passes to him. I think he gets there. The uh, next guy I have on my list is Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. This is a guy who everyone knows. He's fresh after a six-game suspension. He reportedly is in shape and ready to go, and we've got a Seahawks team coming into Dallas that is struggling, to say the least. They've given up 5.6 yards per carry, four rushing TDs over the last two weeks, and the coach speak for is they're going to give him significant touches, and this is a guy who... Before he got suspended, was getting 25 or more touches in every game. After that, uh, you got guys like Kareem Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's at home this week, averaging 5.64 yards per touch over his last two weeks. And they've given him 28 and 31 touches in those games. The Chiefs are 10-point favorites at home. The Dolphins are allowing 139 yards of rushing in road games this season. So you can confidently play Kareem Hunt. And then uh, my final two guys here, I really like uh, the New Orleans Saints duo. I think they lean heavily on Alvin Kamara as a pass catching back against the uh, Falcons. It just is a matchup that uh, the Falcons have given up a ton of receptions to running backs. And I think he has a good game moving the ball. And I think Mark Ingram will have ample opportunity to punch it in from the uh, goal line.
1: Britton, Pittsburgh, when it comes to the passing game, it's the next man up, uh, and opportunities galore when it comes to throwing it. uh, But most, as well as Martavis Bryant, is expected to show out uh, this week. But is Juju Schuster set for a big game against the Texans without uh, Antonio Brown?
4: Yeah, uh, we saw what they looked like uh, when Antonio left on uh, Sunday night or Sunday afternoon against the Patriots. Uh, Martavius Bryant was targeted heavily. Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy they'll rely on, and uh, Eli Rogers might even get some uh, targets this week. But this is set up for a perfect Martavius Bryant and Juju Smith-Schuster game. Both of them have the opportunity to go off here. They are playing the Houston Texans. And the Texans this season event team that we've been targeting with over-the-top deep passes all season long. They've allowed the seventh-most passes of 20 yards or more, and they've allowed the most passes of 40 yards or more. And both Bryant and Smith-Schuster are speedsters. that can get over the top. And if you want uh, further evidence, if you have to choose between the two, you can use both of them. Last week the Texans gave up more than 100 yards receiving to both Jaguars wide receivers Keelan Cole and Jaden Mixon.
2: It's the Fantasy Fix, Super Bowl edition in fantasy football with Brittingham T, Roto Radar. In reality, we have a big game coming up in New Orleans, Falcons and the Saints. In terms of the quarterback matchup in that game, if you had to start Drew Brees or Matt Ryan, who are you riding with? And is that even close in terms of the final analysis?
4: Well, I mean, we saw these two teams play just two weeks ago, and uh, from a fantasy perspective, it was uh, a letdown. I mean, this is a uh, division game where they uh, know each other, and uh, neither quarterback really had that great of a day. Drew Brees had 271 yards and two touchdowns with one pick. Matt Ryan only had 221 yards with one touchdown and three picks, and he only completed 15 of 27 passes. Just on paper, the Saints secondary, when they're healthy, and they're healthy right now, they've been a unit that you just do not attack. Quarterbacks and the wide receivers this season have not had success against them. So for me, it's very clearly the five and a half point favorite, New Orleans Saints, quarterback by Drew Brees.
1: Britt, how do you rate the New England's? How do you rate New England's defensive unit from a fantasy perspective?
4: Well. <laughs> I mean, the Patriots are tough because every week they are favored. I mean, this is uh, what you look for is uh, when you're picking a defense is you want a team that's going to be in a good game script, which means they should have the lead, and their team is forced to push the issue, and they're going to have to throw more and take more chances. So New England, they always have that in their corner, but they kind of have this bend-but-don't-break approach defensively where they give up yards, but they don't give up touchdowns. They're middle of the road, and in sacks, interceptions, and fumbles recovered this season. So the best way to analyze them from a fantasy perspective is if the matchup is good, you play them. If it's not good or if it's neutral, you can probably find a better spot. But uh, if you have the option of using them this week, they are double-digit home favorites against the Bills, which would correlate to a good matchup. And these teams played three weeks ago, and they had four sacks and a pick against the Bills, which is a great fantasy defensive day.
2: Talking fantasy with Brittingham T from Roto Radar. Britt, over the course of the season, so we're talking about a large sample size, Eagles defense has been worthy of being in your starting lineup, but they had a shaky performance last week on the road to Meadowlands, and they're taking on an Oakland offense that still has weapons with Derek Carr having the ability to put together big numbers. So would you avoid the Eagles as they get set? to match up with Oakland if we're looking for a defense to play. That game coming up on Christmas night.
4: Yeah, and this is the last game of the week here, and I believe the Eagles will have a lot more uh, information about where they stand as far as if they need to win this for home field advantage or not based on how the uh, rest of the league results go going into Monday night. So keep that in mind. Motivation may be a factor here, but on paper, it's a a fine spot. The Raiders on the road this season have not been anything – that we should be afraid of when firing up defenses against them. Last week, the Eagles did give up uh, a lot of yards and touchdowns to the New York Giants. But again, the Giants were at home. That was a division game. This is a vastly different scenario with the Eagles at home on Monday night on national television. Uh, You can play the Eagles confidently.
1: Britt, as of lately, over the last three weeks, Blake Bortles has truly been playing some really good football, put up seven touchdowns, no INTs, which really gives this team an opportunity to be really special. But do you expect Blake Bortles to struggle or continue to play at a high level on Sunday against the 49ers?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, Blake Bortles is uh, – he's Blake Bortles. Uh, basically what we know at this point, it's week 16, and you got to believe in when he has a good matchup on paper, he is a good quarterback to use in fantasy. I mean – He's torched all these matchups where, on paper, it's a good spot, and he gets another one this week going into San Francisco. The 49ers' defense is nothing to be afraid of. So there's just no reason to, at this point, question whether or not Blake Bortles is going to have a good game. Now, they do get Leonard Fournette back. He is expected to play, so I think uh, less will be asked of Blake Bortles. Here on the road, I don't expect him to throw as many times as he did last week against the Texans at home because just the situation is different. But again, Blake Bortles, if you've got him season long or you're thinking about using him in daily fantasy, at this point you just have to believe in when he gets a good matchup, he's going to come through.
2: Finally, Britt, we know there is no off season in the world of fantasy sports. Let our listeners know what they are going to find when they go to Roto Radar in the weeks to come.
4: Yeah, um, again, those of you that are playing in season-long championships uh, or consolation brackets, congratulations. Uh, If you are not or you're looking to play Week 17 or even into the playoffs, come check us out at rotoradar.net. We offer daily fantasy sports. Uh, It's an opportunity to keep playing fantasy football. Uh, We go through Week 17 all the way through the first two weeks up to the championship rounds of uh, the playoffs. And uh, we offer everything from projections to advice articles to actual lineups for you to look at and compare and even use if you choose. And uh, it's rotoradar.net. If you haven't had a chance, there's no better time than uh, this holiday weekend.
2: Outstanding. We appreciate your input and availability all season long. Thanks so much, Britt. Happy holidays.
0: Yeah, happy holidays to you as well. And uh, thank you for your time. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Long count, Matthews got it, wants to throw, looks right, comes middle, throws, it is caught, take five, take two, take one, to the end zone, touchdown Detroit
3: Lions! Hi Lions fans, it's me, Tori Petri. Hey, it's me, Lomas
1: Brown, here.
0: We're the hosts of the Tori and Lomas podcast right here on TuneIn. You found the angle to that!
1: And the Lions are right back in it. Tune in on Wednesdays as we
5: break down the Lions' last game and preview the game coming up.
3: We'll see you there.
0: Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time for Cordell and I to tell you what we are more than sure is going to happen on the field
0: this weekend takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drop down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always-changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure.
1: I'm more than sure.
2: Cordell, we have seven minutes to pick every game on the weekend schedule. Let's start tomorrow. There's a tee in Saturday. The 3-11 and 11 Colts on the road at Baltimore. Ravens 8-6 and 6 trying to enhance their wild card possibility. I'm going to take the Ravens at home. How about you?
1: I'm going with the Ravens with you, buddy.
2: 11-3 Minnesota on the road Saturday night at Green Bay. Packers 7-7. Brett Hundley back in the starting lineup. Aaron Rodgers shut down. Vikings will win. How do you see it? I'm going with what? You said who? Vikings.
1: I'm blowing Wow. The horn. Minnesota Viking with Case Keenum.
2: Yes. Minnesota Vikings. It would be different if Aaron Rodgers were playing, but he's not. <laughs> Nine early games coming up on Sunday. Is this the week the... Cleveland Browns finally win their first football game. They're 0-14 on the road at 4-10 and Chicago. I say no. I'm taking the Bears at home. How about you?
1: Prime? they've come so close. I think they still are very far. I'm going with the Bears.
2: 8-6 Lions still trying to move closer to locking up a wild card. They're going to need some help, but every win counts on the road at 5-9 Cincinnati. I'm taking the Lions on the road. How about you,
1: Plus, Cincinnati still does have injuries on the defensive side. I am going with Matthew Stafford myself.
2: And four Rams on the road at 8-6 Tennessee. If the Rams win the game, they clinch the division. Titans cooling off at the wrong time. Back-to-back losses against teams from the NFC West in Arizona and San Francisco. I'm going to forecast that trend continuing. I take the Rams to win the division outright. How about you?
1: They have too much momentum, too much power. I think Todd Gurley takes over and gets it done. I'm ramming it, baby. I'm going with the Rams.
2: Six and eight Dolphins on the road at eight and six Kansas City. If the Chiefs win, they clinch the AFC West division title, and that's going to happen. I've got Alex Smith winning at home. How about you?
1: I need some terminal turnovers on this defense. I think they get it done. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Eight and six Bills trying to make the playoffs for the first time since 1999. They're still in the wild card hunt in the AFC, but a tough matchup again the 11-3 Patriots trying to take another step towards wrapping up home field advantage. I got the Patriots
1: winning at home. How about you? Would we'll love to be courageous with Buffalo, but I'm not taking a chance. I think New England sees the deal understanding. They have to truly finish the season because it's still not done with home field advantage. I'm going with the Patriots.
2: We have five minutes left so we can devote more time to the marquee matchups. Among them, 9-5 and five Falcons on the road in New Orleans. Saints 10-4. and four. Saints win means... They are going to the playoffs. They will clinch a playoff berth with a victory, but go back to the first meeting a few weeks ago on Thursday Night Football in Atlanta. Falcons won despite the fact Matt Ryan had three interceptions, but Alvin Kamara was concussed early in that game. He's back. Saints are running the ball well. I have doubts about this team when they get to the postseason, but I have them winning on Sunday. How about you?
1: And also the offensive line was injured, and a few defensive players were also injured. So knowing that this team in Atlanta has dropped a lot of balls this year, pretty much doubled the amount of drops this year on the offensive side of the football with 30 and having only 10 last year. I am going with the New Orleans Saints in the Who that Nation with the Umbrellas and second lining dancing down over in the Saints. Yeah, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints.
2: Less it. than four minutes to go. Seven and seven Chargers trying to keep their wild card possibilities intact on the road. The five and nine Jets smell it, I smell an upset the Jets are gonna win you didn't see that one coming New York wins in the Meadowlands how about you I
1: thought you were blowing your nose but I'm going with the Jets as well go ahead. wow rare consensus this, it must be a miracle going. I thought you were blowing your nose but you smelled a, a whoop coming on I'm going with the Jets with you buddy go ahead
2: you smell what the Rock is cooking five and nine Denver on the road at six and eight Washington meaningless game in terms of playoff possibilities but I like the Broncos on the road. They're going to play hard to make sure that Vance Joseph keeps his job. How do you see it?
1: This is a game that's full of pride when it comes to the Denver Broncos and really trying to keep a job because this is a time where evaluations are at the highest level with Vance Joseph and also John Elway. Yes, I'm going with the Denver Broncos on the road in
2: Washington. 4-10 Tampa Bay. With all the reports, Dirk Cutter may not have much job security on the road at 10 in Fort Carolina. Panthers' victory means they're going to the playoffs, and that's what's going to happen and Carolina wins comfortably. How about you?
1: Dirk Cutter could have been coming back. It doesn't matter. Carolina still wins this football game because they're trying to do something in the postseason that no one wants to see. I'm going with the Panthers.
2: Two minutes, 30 seconds to go. That gets us to the three late games. 10-4 Jacksonville on the road at 4-10 and 10 San Francisco. They both won three straight. A Jacksonville victory means they're clinching the division and they're going to achieve that goal. I have Jacksonville prevailing. How about you?
1: I'm going with Jacksonville. Not enough touchdowns by the 49ers. Love Jimmy Garoppolo. 3-0. I think they fall to 3-1 when Jacksonville comes to down. I'm going with Sacksville with Calais Campbell and company.
2: A matchup between a pair of 8-6 and six teams in Arlington, Texas. Dallas hosting Seattle. Hugely important when it comes to the postseason race. The return of Ezekiel Elliott will be meaningful he's not going to run wild but seattle's defense is battered dallas wins how about you
1: Sean Lee is back. He's back. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. The boys with the stars are going to get it done against Seattle who's struggling. I'm going with the Cowboys. And, yes, Ezekiel Elliott does get off and get over 100 yards rushing against this inept defense of the Seattle
0: Seahawks.
2: A minute 45 seconds left. 2-12 New York football giants. If they continue to lose, they're going to lock up the number two overall pick. That starts with a loss on the road at Arizona. Cardinals 6-8 welcoming Drew Stanton back to the starting lineup. He's going to win in his return. I got Arizona at home. How about you?
1: I'm going with the New York football Giants. I think they go on the road and get a big one. I think Eli needs it. I think the fan base mean I think Coach Nola gets him ready to do it. Giants.
2: One minute to go. Monday on Christmas. Holiday doubleheader. 11-3 Pittsburgh on the road at 4-10 Houston. Enough said. Steelers are going to win, correct?
1: Uh-huh. You know what it is. Black and yellow. Let's go. And then it's a
2: treat in primetime on Christmas night. 6-8 Oakland, small scintilla of a shot of the wild card. 12-2 Philadelphia trying to get closer to locking up the one seed. The Eagles are going to win at home. That's my prediction. How about you?
1: Weather's going to be too cold for Oakland. They're not ready to leave the Bay Area to go out there in the land of brotherly love where it's going to be freezing with Nick Foles leading the helm. I'm going with the A-A-G-L-E-S Eagles.
2: And that's it. That's how we see this weekend's action. All the picks for all the games. Cordell, always a pleasure. Every day is a holiday working with you, my friend. But I hope yes. you, your son Sire, and your family enjoy the a wonderful holiday weekend.
1: Yes, Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to, to those who it that way. And you know what? It's a time to be joyful and thankful. So, yes, thank you so much, Brian, and same to you and yours, my friend.
2: All right, my man. Enjoy all the games. We'll chat with you on Tuesday right here on the NFL on Tuesday.